everybody, welcome back to Moving Beyond Trauma. This is a really fun little project that I put together for summer of 2023. And it's a mini series. It's based on your questions and feedback and tiny topics that come up from my listeners and from my clients all the time. So I'm gonna be covering five things. Um, not necessarily in this order, I haven't decided the order yet. It's gonna be um, one on chill which is about the polyvagal theory. Can you be switched on and off at the same time? Which was uh, several people asked that kind of question. And really the answer is chill. <laughs> um, and this, the and mini episode is on that. There's one on fun, because that comes up a lot. Why would we not have fun? One on love, um, because with that, like without getting on a soapbox or anything about love, what have we got? Um, and then there's one on sleep, which is a major issue, major issue that affects so many people that I work with. Even though I'm no medical expert on sleep, I have put a lot of time and effort into learning as much as I possibly can and working with my people on how to help them get better sleep. And one on trust, which is often broken, whether or not you think that you've had a trauma or just a really rough time in life trust is often an issue and often comes up for me and for my clients and it shows up again and again in my work so I invite you to have a lot of fun um, pop in and out of the the mini series and uh, please keep sending in the questions and I'll keep answering them Hey everybody, welcome back to this session of Moving Beyond Trauma. This is the first episode in the mini series for the summer of 2023 and it's chill. Um, the episode um, today is on polyvagal theory and it's one of the question and answers that um, you placed to me. So the question was, um, can the nervous system be both stuck on and off? As in, can you have both an activated and a deactivated or um, disconnected response at the same time? And the answer is yes. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you more about that. I'm going to go into a bit more detail um, about the polyvagal theory. Um, if you want to hear more about that, um, listen to episode two, which is um, the emerging theory that trauma is transdiagnostic. I spend about the first um, five or six minutes in there talking about polyvagal theory. Um, this theory is what I'm going to talk to you about today, but um, I'm going to go a little bit more detail as to how come you can be stuck both on and off at the same time and what you can do about it. So the polyvagal nerve is um, a major nerve, massive nerve, and it's poly because it splits into multiple branches. Um, it all connects in the brainstem, but it goes down through the major, past the major organs of the body down into your legs, and it controls the automatic actions like your heartbeat, your digestion, your temperature. Um, and also you can, so it controls breath, um, but also you can control your breath. Um, it does other things as well, but for the purpose of this exercise um, or this conversation, <laughs> what we want to do is really understand how does it operate when we perceive a threat or we perceive safety. This nerve's entire job in the body is to help us perceive whether we are safe or in danger and to give the necessary energy, if you like, motivation directly to the muscles nerves to respond and it runs all the time it can't be switched off there are three organizing principles to behind this theory and the first one is that it is a hierarchy of three levels so this is the 
dorsal vagus. You don't need to know about You don't need to remember all this. There'll be no test. I'm just going to tell you because the language comes up and you might hear it out and about the place. Okay, dorsal vagus is immobilization. So that's how we can faint or freeze or submit or collapse and relax and sleep and meditate and zone out in a perfectly pleasant and blissful way. Um, the sympathetic nervous system, which is involved with mobilization, that's our seeking safety via action, fight, flight. We have thoughts in our heads around this time of like, I must. Um, and it is a very activated place. Um, and the ventral vagus, which is the social engagement. So this is the highest that sort of happens around the 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 three levels of this polyvagal nerve um reflect where they are at in the body so it's near the top ventral is top dorsal is bottom and the ventral vagus is a social engagement and connection and this is the uh emotional nervous system state um and it, uh, the word emotion is tricky the psychologist listening and we're going oh she just said the word emotion um there's lots and lots of research and debate around what are emotions where do they come from um there is a line of theory that runs through polyvagal theory that this strongly connects to our emotion because emotions are the spark that lights our fire they color in and they inspire us to 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 the next action step whatever or the reverse to to not do something um but anyway i'm not going to get into the hot water of whether this <laughs> emotions um just going to let you know this is where we feel safe and connected um this is the co-regulation with ourselves and with others and the reason why um it is thought that this um nerve evolved in the first place is because it um in those three stages is that it reflects the triune brain which is the way that the brain evolved first um the lizard brain you know you've all heard of that your dinosaur brain the part of your brain stem that is the most ancient and it's just involved in heartbeat digestion temperature control um fight or flight and then you've got the the next level um which is more logic so learning so we became learning animals and we began to um uh, manipulate some you know to 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 intervene with the environment that we we moved in and then the social engagement system which is behind our forehead um developed last and it's there that we learned how to not just procreate and to move the species onwards but actually to live and operate together in groups um we developed the higher functions of meaning um, meaning making and um engagement with one another um on many different levels not just pure survival so the polyvagal nerve um is thought to be absolutely central in the operation of this and the reason is that it um it spends its whole time it has what it's like it has one job if it had one job it would be to tell you if you are safe or in danger and that's it it's totally binary like that there is no other operating system that the body can turn to. So you don't switch it off when you want to go and do something else. You just end up in a different part of this nerve. Um, and so when we're feeling safe and connected and, and zen and calm, um, then that happens in a particular place in the polyvagal nerve. Um, when we are feeling fight, flight, action, um, aroused, we've got to go do something to make something happen. Um, then that is, um, also in the polyvagal nerve. And when we 
uh, are so under threat, so overwhelmed that we need to collapse or submit or to um, disconnect in order to be safe, then that comes from this nerve. Okay, um, the, the next organizing principle that's super interesting about this is the idea of neuroception, which is the term coined by Dr. Stephen Porges, who came up with the whole polyvagal theory. Um, and it describes the way that um, the nervous system, it's the nervous system. You don't logically think, am I safe or in danger? You might have thoughts like that, but that's not what's telling your body whether it needs to go into fight, flight or freeze. And, and that is, um, I think I mentioned it in the, in the last podcast as well. It's a super important thing to know and understand when you're befriending your nervous system. Like this thing is not operating against you. It's not something for you to take control over and exert your will over. You need to really learn and understand that neuroception means it's running all the time um, for the way the nervous system itself is responding to safety of cues and danger. What you can do is learn how your nervous system responds to say cues, signs of safety and danger, and how you can create more safety because that's optimal function for safe and connected uh, living and learning um, versus um, cues of danger all around you. Um, a lot of people that I work with are so, and, and it's a 24-7 always on kind of environment that we live in. We seek safety by action all the time to the point that you can't even leave your emails. If you knew if you knew an email was coming in at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, you would probably uh, have a quick look to see what it was. So that's a very low level of um, seeking safety by action. Just in case, I'm just going to check. Um, so this, this nervous system is not like just in times of extreme danger. It's, this is what I'm trying to describe to you is, is it's, it's almost like a spectrum of between the two, of between being totally safe and totally madly in danger. It's still this same operating system. Okay. And the most coolest thing about it is that it has an ability to co-regulate with other nervous systems. That means we can co-regulate. We can regulate our own nervous system and by going around in a calm, connected and regulated state, we will be able to help others regulate. Now, if you're a parent, you may already know this or someone who works with different people in your team, you're a leader, you've been spending much time as a human on the planet, you will know that there are people who can enter a room and that they, the whole room will change energy, um, whether that is good or bad. Um, and so we, this again is an activity of neuroception. It's not logical. It's not a decision that you're making to do this for a certain reason. It is happening already before conscious thought. It's happening at the level of the nervous system. It's decided that you're safe or not and is acting in response, in reaction to that. So the most kindest and self-compassionate thing that you can do for yourself, I think, is to learn that the nervous system is not something you control. It is something you work with. And a lot of my strapline, a lot of what I talk about um, living, uh, coaches working with trauma, coaches working with what's going on with someone's life rather than on it, is that it's really underpinned by my understanding, my practical applied um, understanding of this theory. So it's not diagnostic. I'm not diagnosing you. We do not need to know if anything's wrong we, because there's nothing wrong with the nervous system. Now, it can work out of balance. And that's to answer the question of the, this person who, who asked it into me. Can your nervous system get a bit out of balance and therefore be stuck um, with your foot on the gas going fight, flight, action, safety by action. I must do this, that and the other. 
and breeze, um, which is or, or submit or collapse or safety via disconnection. And the answer is yes. Um, this is because um, if we stay in a certain state for a long period of time, we get habituated to being in that state. Um, so uh, if in, in our 24 seven lifestyle is absolutely a sign of that. We've got low to medium levels of stress running through us all the time. And this, um, we, we get habituated to it. And I, again, I want to tell you that in the main, this is, this is great. This is how the whole thing is supposed to work. You operate at a super high level. You're at your best self with your diary full, with your life kicking on. We've got all these different areas of life. We, people like me coach through, um, you know, managing and moving forward in the different areas of life. We're able to multitask and operate at a high level uh, on multi different levels of life, areas of life, um, really effectively. So that's um, the the power of when you are in a safe state, but in action. Um, if you're doing it to fight and flee, that's different. But the point is that it's still at that same place in the nervous system. So you're still getting certain levels of cortisol, um, which is a stress hormone. And your hormones and um, the adrenaline, noradrenaline, the way that your body is responding to stress is still happening because your bodies aren't all that evolved. Um, so the nervous system can't tell the difference between needing to do six emails and a presentation by tea time today and um, the the herd of lions moving in, you know, near your camp. <laughs> You, you you just simply knows oh we need to be on the alert we need to watch out we need there is something we need to do here to take to find safety via action and similarly in the nervous system um also um seeking safety via disconnection so this is a really interesting one um to work with for, for people to understand the difference um between um because it has lower levels so you can just switch off and zone out uh, you're bored i work a lot with people who have boredom bored out um or burnout and that they're very similar this is where the the nervous system has said this is a bit much i can't i can't i can't whatever it is it, the words you'll hear in your mind is i can't now for some people this causes them to go into action and you think i can't get this done i must do x y and z okay so that to me that would someone talking in those kind of terms would let me know that that you're you're you've cycled and it's always a spiral it's always moving so you've gone into some kind of can't this is overwhelm um but you're already trying to get back into safety via action so you're already like oh, that I must do this and I must do that and I need I need to sort this out and that out and it can't stay the way it is okay so that's often a driver for uh someone to come to coaching with me is um their they, they're feeling that they must make some changes. They, it's, the, it's enough now. They're going to deal with this. Um, the person who's in I can't, um, who's flopped out, zoned out, um, is dissociating, um, is um, it, it, that's a real interesting one. Um, and I get a lot of questions about this dissociative state or disconnection. Um, because if you think about it as well, you've had a super busy day, you're like done 10,000 things um, and you sit down for a minute with a cup of tea and you get your phone out, who doesn't these days, um, and you have a flip through your phone. That is safety via disconnection. You're just disconnecting, you're un unhooking in the old fashioned, you're just hanging up your, your telephone receiver so no one can make calls. Who does that anymore? I suppose, what would you do? Put it on mute. <laughs> That's a modern way of doing that. 
So you're just putting yourself on mute for a bit while you just allow your mind to process what's been going on. You, you disconnect on purpose. And this um, is a very effective way of the brain and the body just having a little regroup ready to start again. Um, that can happen just through the nervous system saying, I need some time out. And you'll just find yourself uh, like people describe brain fog. So again, it's around the words. I can't, I can't, can't get this to work today. Um, I can't remember. Um, I can't um, stay on time. I can't come out for lunch. I can't, all these things. You're just basically in a, in a phase of, of it's like a rest and recuperation. So there's, again, there's nothing wrong with it. Staying stuck in it is the problem and this is where the whole balance so spending long amounts of time at any point in the nervous system is actually probably even the safe and connected i would argue if you hang out all your time in the safe and connected space you're missing the energy the vital energy that comes through being seeking safety by action you know this like you, you need a deadline or two to get your spark going do you know what i mean um so there's it's the balance that is the issue here so you can stay with um, your foot stuck on the brake pedal and um, that's in a sort of um, a chronic or longer term uh, where you find yourself unable to respond. Um, even now it's gone to your your logic brain has, has been said, right, we need to get up and do things today. There's stuff needs done. We need to eat. We need to shower. We need to put the washing on. We need to do all these things um, and your body won't move and you're, you can't seem to get yourself to move. So the, that's quite a, a much deeper level of disconnection um, or collapse. Um, and that's the where you're really um, struggling to move back into any kind of active zone and it's isolated and alone. That is a still a function, still healthy in the sense that it's a function of the nervous system. And the questions I would not be, I would not be, well, I'm not a prescriber anyway, but I wouldn't be saying, oh, what can I, what medication can I have to change this? I'd be thinking, how come my nervous system feels this is the right way to respond? What has been happening recently? What is happening that leads my nervous system to think this is the next right thing to do? Do I need a proper break? Do I need a rest? Have I burnt through all my available energy sources and there is nothing left in the tank? Have I gone too far? Have I taken on too much? And so you can use this to begin a life review, literally a life review of where have I pushed it too far this time? Um, because that nervous system is collapsing for a reason. Um, if you if it's doing it because of threat, so you're in a long and and again chronics over a longer period of time, in an abusive relationship, you're in a job that um, really is like threat. It's threatening to you, um. So it's it's dry. It's unhelpful. Um, it, it's putting pressures on you and your nervous system, um, that really don't work for you. So you like how can a job be threatening? But there's actually plenty of ways where jobs can be threatening. Uh, it's usually through coworkers. Um, you talk about. <laughs> diversity and inclusion you're talking about anybody in a in a disadvantaged or minority group uh, will tell you um, easily <laughs> um, and immediately upon you asking the question um you know what what is causing you burnout in your work and it'll be um trying over and over again to make the changes to get um to be heard to be understood um to receive the adjustments that you need all that kind of stuff um, i've been there myself um, and it can cause just absolute burnout you're just exhausted 
Okay, so can you have them on both at once? Yes, so that's there's a classic example. Um, it's where the situation is where the situation is outside of you. So it's not um, it's not always like this. You can both nervous both responses on and off can be running at any time. Um, but the um, like that for me is certainly a classic example where um, really need to make the changes. Um, that suit me in my environment at work as a carer for a very sick child as she was back then, the last time I was in the corporate workplace. Um, and so that's sending me into action all the time, trying to make the plans, the changes, trying to get everything in place so that I could take care of her and attend work and do all the things required in work and be the person who I needed to be at work. At the same time as um, hitting a brick wall of being able to make the changes that were necessary um, for example, around the flexible working of being able to attend medical appointments with her, all that kind of stuff. And it ended up in the situation where I felt I can't. And um, by reviewing and allowing myself to take this feedback from the nervous system, I didn't know all this stuff then, wish I had, I'd have done and handled some things differently. Um, I was, um, I then um, moved away from that job environment. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be suitable for me. And that is often what happens. Um, I, I work with people, particularly executives, who are experiencing I must and I can't at, at like the same levels, and um, which causes incredible high levels of stuck energy and feeling um, it's so uncomfortable to be like that. Um, because you're desperately wanting to make changes and you can't for whatever reason. Um, and so that's where um, the my sort of lens of moving beyond trauma as I, I really move in, like help you move into that space of understanding, befriending your nervous system, understanding where that I can't is coming from, understanding where that I must is coming from, helping you get more respite. So there's lots of ways of achieving I can and I am, which are the kind of phrases that you would start to say when you're feeling safe and connected. Um, so that's a really, um, I, it's, it's a, one of the main ways that I work with people is really to help them learn and befriend their nervous system. Um, and by even having micro moments of each day where you're going into the safe and connected zone, you're giving the body and the mind and the brain and the emotions, um, the mental headspace, all of this, um, a reprieve, a respite from the pressure of all of those hormones and everything that is driving you forwards. And it also, um, allows you to build in more, um, reward hormones. Um, so the dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. So you're really starting to build in some relief and some reward, um, which is very important um, when the system is in overwhelm. Um, we are simply not designed to be like ever ready batteries and keeping going forever. Um, so um, I hope that this is useful. Um, I think that there's just I could probably do a flipping whole podcast on polyvagal um, and I'm not even an expert <laughs> I'm just someone, I'm just a really intensively a practitioner with this theory. Um, and I'll put some things into the show notes that help you, um, you know, read some more about it if you want to. Um, I really hope that it's, it's useful. Um, I'll leave you with, um, a little, um, technique. So, um, the main ways that are your nervous system identifies cues of safety and cues of danger are through our five senses. So you can tune in at will to any of your five senses and to explore how you feel inside, in and around your body. 
by using your five senses. And there's some lovely mindfulness techniques, like think of, look at five green things you can see, look at four, uh, find, identify four sounds you can hear, um, four smells, two, three smells, two tastes, um, and one thing that you can touch. So there's using five, four, three, two, one, five different senses. Um, it's really interesting that um, the brain and the polyvagal nerve is involved in this, but the brain is drawing in, in information from all of your five senses all of the time. Um, the only one that goes directly to survival response without like going through any other place is the smell one. All the others um, enter the thalamus and from there on to the amygdala, which is still the very lizard brain um, areas, but smell. So that and I think that's very interesting as to what happens to people when we lose our sense of smell um, or or when we um, it's, it's how smells can be very evocative. That might be a good one for you to think of. So um, thinking back to I don't know, the smell of someone you loved, perfume, the smell of uh, something delicious cooking for breakfast, um, the smell of uh, the first time you went to a very hot country or a very cold country or a very country that you're, you didn't get raised in. Um, there's lots of smells and they can remain evocative. You can use a smell to bring you straight back to a place and time um, in a way that you might not be able to do quite the same with the other senses. Um, but you can use them um, by as a as a very simple way of befriending your nervous system, getting to know which is your favourite sense, which one works best for you, which one helps you become safe, calm, and connected, and um, which ones shut down when you're in fight or flight, or um, when you're in collapse or submit. As always, ask me questions, please. Um, again, this is a very generalised um, one size fits all little podcast, um, and. Really, a lot of what I do with people is listen and help them work through what the feedback they're getting from their nervous system so that they can then unpick um, what's happening with them and work out what the next steps are. And that's a that's a one to one um, job, basically. Can't give you generic advice for that. Um, and I would really love you to get in touch. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond Trauma. If you find it valuable, please forward it to others and be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Brassington, and Twitter, Kate Brassington 3 And you'll find links and references to what we've covered in the show notes.